here we go with yet another episode of the Zest Wellness Podcast. On this episode of the podcast, our Bahamas wellness team members, Donovan and Naval, welcome Akeem Hepburn. Akeem comes to us from the fitness field, where even himself competes in powerlifting, CrossFit, and endurance competitions. Akeem's background is in personal training and sports nutrition. From organizations such as the ISSA, the International Sports Science Association. With that said, before we jump into this episode, remember that you can enroll in the Zest Wellness Platform powered by Virgin Pulse by visiting joinzestwellness.com. So, Akeem, we thank you for joining us today for this podcast. Today's topic is how to eat for your body type. Now, Akeem, I'm just going to jump straight into it, okay? All I right. To know, I really, really want to know, uh, are human beings zombies or do we have varying <laughs> body types? <laughs> zombies? <laughs> when you say varying body types, we actually, we have about three that we have registered. Um, they go by mesomorphs, ectomorphs, and endomorphs. I don't know if you ever heard of those terminologies. I have. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So which one do you think you fall under? Well, and- I would like to always think that I'm the, um, the mesomorph of them all. Athletic, Hercules-looking physique, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah they, they tend to have a little bit more... Um, broader shoulders with a tighter waist so you you right and i know you on the athletic side you know went to the u.s open a few times did you think uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and with the endomorphs that's the ones who kind of have like the rounder shape you know they kind of you'd see fat collected more in the abdomen big hips big waist and then we have our uh, ectomorphs just like the skinny skinny build like it's really really skinny with lanky limbs but in my opinion it's actually pretty subjective um you wouldn't really know until you like kind of get down into like lower body fats where you could kind of see what your composition looks like because you know you got some pretty tall people who kind of big and they'll think oh i'm pretty big i must be an ectomorph or a meso you know yeah, you don't want to cause confusion. Right. Yeah. So I'm guessing too, the endomorphs are, um, I guess, 70% of our bohemian population um, because we are a, a population that suffer from obesity and um, um, overweight. And these individuals will have more of a distended stomach, which which means a pouchy stomach. It has yeah. the, like, image referred to it, the gun casing, the wide hips. 
they take yeah. the standard. So the waist to hip ratio or the waist circumference measurement, I'm again, I'm guessing would be much larger. Yeah, and you know sometimes um, not to stray away too far from it, but uh, you know when you get into like a lifestyle, you know you kind of do things and you wouldn't even know uh, in terms of like somebody working who sits down a lot, who's sedentary, uh, you'll find they slouch a lot. So they show this kind of curve and that kind of gives off a different look. And you're thinking you are mm-hmm. hand them off because of the way your shoulders are kind of broadened. But in actuality, you're not. Um, it's just something to think about. It's, it's very... I never. I actually never knew that um, by sitting down and having bad posture, that can give an illusion of an individual being an endomorph. Actually, that's that's very interesting. Oh yeah, yeah. If you look at it like from the shoulders, some people actually end up rounding off the shoulders and they get a hunchback, and it definitely throws off the illusion. Then. I should sit, fix my posture right now because I'm hunched over and I'm giving this round figure as well. Oh yeah, I'm calling you out. They're calling you out. <laughs> sit up, sit up. And the shoulders and your, your upper back should be touching the top of that chair, right? Mm-hmm. And so, Akeem, tell us a little bit more about the mesomorph. Um, uh, you, you you described the three body types. You said the um, slanky, slim individuals are the ectomorphs. The yes. endomorphs would be the rounded figure, like the pear shape or apple shape individuals. And then the mesomorphs are those triangular-shaped individuals, those who have yeah, the shoulders and then they, the waistline they, come in. Yeah, those are the ones who kind of look um, aesthetically pleasing to the eye. You know, the shoulders kind of complement the waistline, but doesn't fall in any general area. Um, those type of people, they, I guess that's what everybody wants to kind of look like. So my question to you then is, as a mesomorph, a lot of people want to look like that. But is that a healthy body type for them to em- embrace? Uh, I'd say subjectively. I'd say because of um, what the media throws around and you have like a false perception of what's beauty, what's um, pleasing. That's kind of like the highlighted thing. That's like what everybody wants. But you would just kind of want to go with what your body type is and try to be happy with that but i'm not to say that it's not bad because you can enhance any body type through exercise right so the individual should be more concerned about being a healthy individual and not um just pursuing vanity as you mentioned just now um majority of the social media pages and even when we look at um uh, fitness commercials on tf television you see that they usually advertise mesomorph shape individuals so we should be more concerned about living a healthy lifestyle than than the out of appearance trying to look like a mesomorph another question for you Akeem: how should an individual eat to maintain a healthy weight you know people look at again we going back to what's putting out there um in media when you look at these guys and these women who are like really athletic you know they all cut up they they, they shredded they look nice and they fit. Right. Fit is the word. Fit would be they're fit for that task at hand. That's not necessarily healthy. How do you think we should eat to maintain that? When you want to maintain things like that, I would always, my rule of thumb, an adequate amount of protein and fiber in your diet. You want fiber, 
to calm my dietary fats because um, when I design programs, especially for those who want to control weight and weight gain, you know, there's this thing called a negative calorie, the negative calorie effect that, you know, fiber does, fiber and protein. It takes a lot more calories to actually um, burn or process than actual proteins and, and fibers. They actually have, they're like negative. Foods that actually contain protein, like just straight protein, I've given you an example of chicken breast, or let's say uh, broccoli. The calories that are contained in those, you actually, your body uses more calories to burn than actually that's in it. So it's like a negative effect. So I should, how much, so I should um, eat fiber sauces such as the quinoas, the whole grain breads, and those sorts, right? I should, I should have those in my, um, my daily food intake. Lots of vegetables, lots and lots of vegetables. Lots of you can, you can so you're saying more, 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 ve more vegetable-based fiber rather than whole grain-based fiber. This is what you're saying, right? Yeah, because okay. you would wanna, you would wanna, in terms of vegetables, you get way more bang for your buck. You get a lot okay. of antioxidants and vitamins along with just the goal at hand, which is fiber. Right. Okay. Yeah. And, and then also, Akeem, okay, um, based on the varying body types, can you explain to us um, if I was an endomorph, um, what, 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 how should my plate be structured? If I was a mesomorph, how should my plate be structured? And then if I was an ectomorph, how should my plate be structured? Can you walk us through plate structures based on these different, different body types? Okay, with this one, this one is a little different. In my book, for my rule of thumb, you body types they vary like how you said with ectomorphs mesomorphs but it depends on the individual's goal if they actually want to actually increase muscle mass or if they want to increase body fat or if they want to maintain when it comes down to types you can look at it from a composition perspective and you could tell but when it comes down to actually eating for that body type, it's basically across the board. And then how is that plate structure for everybody? Is that, um, uh, what's the ratio of carbohydrates to proteins to vegetables? If you want to put it in ratios, vegetables and protein, you would want to take up most of your plate. And you can have like, if you want to get technical in terms of like measurements, you know, like a cup of rice, just one single cup, you know. And a cooked rice, potatoes. right? Pardon? And that would be cooked rice, not, not raw rice. One cup of cooked rice. Oh, yeah, you measure after you cook. And I, I'm, I'm guessing then, based on your conversation, uh, the plate structure, if you said the meal was 100%, 5% to 10% should be from fats. Some 20% um, of that plate should be from whole, whole grain carbohydrates. And then the remaining 70% should be from vegetables and protein. Yes. Um, Akeem, another question for you as well. I, I definitely want to find this question or find the answer to this question. What do you right. consider a healthy weight for an average height male and female? The average person, at least on the Western side, you know, they kind of, you can look at them six foot being really tall. Um, we kind of smack in the middle, five, 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 six. You know, you would want to look at 
your BMI, you know, to determine what would be around, what would be your weight, what would be like an ideal weight for you. Now, they actually have things out there you can go, of instruments that you could find, but you would want to be around for a 5'5 five, five person. You want to know the average height. It's like around 150, 160. And then that totally depends on your muscle index because you could be a really fit person. You could be in the gym. Your muscle index is a lot more than somebody else's. And then you automatically weigh more. So numbers vary, but the general um, across the board would kind of be like around for men. You want to be like around 150, 160, around there for women. Same height would be like around 140, 145-ish, you know, somewhere around that. Okay. And I guess the men would, would want to have a little bit more weight than the females because men typically should have a, a larger muscle mass. Is that correct? Yeah, that and bone density. Uh, what what difference does that play then in, in terms of uh, individuals' metabolism, male versus female? A male having more muscle mass and a better bone density versus a female. How does how does that attribute to uh, a stronger metabolism, or or does it even attribute to a stronger metabolism? Um. Well, when you have a high muscle index, your metabolism is already high. So there's that, and there's no difference between men and women. It's just the more muscle you have, the more calories you tend to burn, meaning your um, metabolism is just a lot more higher. So they would weigh a little bit more, but they would kind of generally be around those numbers. Okay. okay. And for you mentioned BMI moments ago in terms of measurements for an average male or average, average female wanting to know what their ideal weight should be. But what measurements are the most important to measure body type? I know that uh, there are so many different types of measurements. You know, you mentioned BMI, that's a height to weight ratio. Um, then there's also percent body fat. There's waist circumference. There's waist to hip ratio. There, there are varying um, measurements that uh, our ZEST members can be exposed through, uh, be exposed to through their biometric screenings. But a lot of them get very confused. And then there's, there's the actual weight measurement, just in pounds or in kilograms. And mm -hmm. these are a lot of varying measurements. And a lot of times, persons get very confused on which measurement is the right measurement to follow. In your opinion, which measurement do you think is best? So for me, I, I always struggle with trying to figure out what is important. Should I focus on the measurements, um, the numbers I get from my BMI, or I should focus more on the numbers from uh, my body fat percentage. And this is some, some uh, especially with the BMI numbers, this is some misleading numbers as well. I remember you said numbers don't lie. But if I am a bodybuilder, right, and my weight is 170 pounds, I'm 5'6", sometimes my BMI, uh, that number from the BMI could tell me I'm an obese individual. But then yeah. again, it might not take into account how much body fat percentage I have versus my muscle content. So exactly. in that factor, I should, I should actually find out that uh, 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 know that my body fat percentage is much more important than the BMI measurement, correct? Yeah. You would want to doubt for you, for like the fit individual, fit quote unquote, um, tracking body fat would be way more beneficial. I wouldn't say one is better than the other, but one works better for whatever that person's goal and what they're actually doing is doing. 
So for, an, I guess, for an overweight, obese individual, BMI is relevant for them to know where their journey is going. And doing those um, asymmetric measurements is also very important. And whereas for someone who is fit or athletic, then knowing percent body fat is also most important for that individual. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. And you just tell me fit, quote unquote. I'm I'm fit. Thank you. <laughs> FYI. Oh, oh Lord. Now, someone yeah. say if you can <laughs> Hey, if he says he's fit, he's fit. I can't argue with the guy. <laughs> All right, Akeem. Um, what are some of the best resources for our Zest Wellness members um, to use to get accurate body type measurements? I don't know if you guys have seen like some of the things that they have in like, sports academies. Like they got like this, it's called a DXA. It's it's like an X-ray, but you lay down. It looks something like a tanning bed. It's really, 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 really high tech, and I think that's probably like the highest in terms of finding out exactly your body fat and all of that. Um, then we also have something that's called an in-body scale. Um, that's a pretty good gold standard around gyms. Uh, I think you guys actually have one of those, right? Right, that's correct. And that, that machine is very useful for our members because it gives um, detailed information of total body of water, muscle mass, percent body fat, BMI. So it allows the body to, uh, the individual to know which sections of the body is carrying the most muscle and mm -hmm. also the most fat. Hey, I need to come now, though. Yeah, you exactly. need to come use it. But in fact, <laughs> uh, for who are listening, I think it's, you mentioned a very valid point. And they can go into a gym. They can get those measures quite easily, especially when they sign up. And some of our, um, our members on our Perks program offer gym facilities like the YMCA in Freeport, um, Empire Fitness in Nassau, Body, Mind, and Soul Gym in Freeport, um, um, Evolve Functional Fitness in Nassau, and even CrossFit Island 242 in Freeport are all vendors that our members can access and get these measurements. Oh, I, 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 I'm a member of two of those places, so I'm coming there tomorrow to get my thing. <laughs> <laughs> and that's good that you said it, Akeem, because as a matter of fact, right now we have a Get Fit with Zest promotion happening at the YMCA, where all of our Zest wellness members can get measurements. Uh, they get their body fat measurements along with um, their, their waist circumference measurements free of charge just being, by being a Zest wellness member. And access to free fitness classes and access three times a week. Okay, I, 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 I'm coming now. You know, I, I'm already at the Y, but not a, you know, I know the guy who does the classes. So I just can tell him, hey, you know, I'm a zest guy, so let me in. Yes, tell him you, <laughs> tell him you are officially a zest member now. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't lock me out of that door. <laughs> so, Akeem, t tell me something. I, I always, you know, I'm a nutritionist, and, and I'm sure in your experience, you work with a lot of clients who are obsessed with weighing themselves and knowing their, their body weight on a regular basis. And sometimes it works in a positive effect, but most times it works as a distraction for the individual when they're trying to achieve their goals. How oh. often does a person know what their weight is or at least measure themselves? Uh, you hit the nail right on the head with men. That can also be a bad thing. <laughs> so you don't have to um, measure yourself every single day. Uh, you'll just drive yourself crazy with the numbers. But if you want to keep an accurate, um, I guess, record, once a week would probably be good. And once you measure yourself, make it a 
I don't know. Some people do pictures to record, measure up. You jot those down and you forget about it. You don't want to let the numbers control your life, you know. You don't want to have to worry about constantly, oh, man, if I do this, you know, these numbers are going to be off. You can send yourself crazy. Yeah. And I think you posed a very good option just now. I never really thought of myself. Instead of actually weighing myself on a scale, I can actually do a digital record by taking photos in the same area, same mirror, same angle. And maybe that can give a good representation of what successes or failures I'm seeing. Yeah, because sometimes, sometimes looking at it as a visual of looking at your progress helps a whole lot more than actually looking at numbers all day because you don't actually get to see your progress just looking at numbers. Even though you know that's what it represents, just looking at it, it just gives you a whole better feeling. That's why you see when they do weight loss commercials or people gaining muscle, it's always pictures. They don't actually put numbers, you know. And, and I know you mentioned this earlier, Akeem. So a lot of our Zest Wellness members are embarking on 2020 with these weight loss goals. You know, every year everyone has a weight loss goal. Yeah. But this being a new decade and a new year, I'm pretty certain. And, you know, again, at the same time, wellness and the interest of being healthy is, is becoming a, a more important thing for everybody, whether they're a Zest member or not. And right now, a lot of people are going through weight loss um, journeys and they're, they're trying to get healthier and, and more, more fit. Which nutrients and uh, associated products are best to consume to maintain a healthy metabolism for weight loss? Oh, okay. Well, in my book, no nutrients is bad nutrients. If you want nutrients, that's what it's called, nutrients. Um, it nourishes the body. Um, I would say go crazy. Eating all your fruits and vegetables, well, maybe not crazy with the fruits too much because you still want to mind your sugar, but all nutrients help the body. I would not skip on anything. Whatever you can get, even if it's through a dietary supplement, um, the most important ones that I would not want to skip will probably be vitamin C, vitamin K, and if you could get B12. And the foods that you would associate those with, you can get those through vegetables, just vegetables. Like, the good thing about vegetables is they're really low in calories if you're watching your weight. And they have lots of fiber, they fill you up, and they're mostly nutrient-dense. So I wouldn't skip on any of those. Yeah. You, know, you, want, you want variety. That's right. I agree with you 1,000%. And I have a question then um, for our listeners that may be tuning in and they may be intrigued by all of this. Um, so some of them may not be aware of what where vitamin A comes from or where um, vitamin C comes from or where even B12 nutrients come from. Can uh, you give us some foods that represent these nutrients? Well, my go-to, like the number one thing in my book, and that's, I'll give you two. For fruits, you got kiwi. Kiwi is like one of the best fruits you can ever eat because it's one really low in calories. It's sweet, but it's low in sugar. And it has more vitamin C than oranges. It has more fiber than green apples, and it has more potassium than bananas. So you're getting a huge deal off of kiwi. Just putting it out there. I don't eat all my kiwis now, but you know, you got <laughs> <laughs> And then 
broccoli is also a excellent sauce of fiber. Um, the stock part of it is like a good sauce of fiber. And then you have like your vitamin A, vitamin C, a whole lot of antioxidants. You can't go wrong with eating those. Yeah, and definitely um, um, the B vitamins, all B vitamins, B6, B12, folate. Um, definitely you want to get your green leafy vegetables, like you mentioned, the broccoli, um, mm-hmm. spinach, kale, um, arugula, even um, spice herbs like cilantro, um, rosemary. Those would give you a good source of B vitamins. And mm-hmm. I guess with vitamin A, uh, those would be uh, red colored, red pigment colored vegetables and fruits, or even the orange or yellow um, um, pigment fruits and vegetables. So like tomatoes, oranges, um, pumpkin, squash, um, I can think of anything else, red and orange, any <laughs> red or orange produce. Carrots. <laughs> vitamin A, right? Yep, you're right. You're 100% right. This, this this goes back to what Donovan always preaches to me. He's a nutritionist himself. And I got this um this quote from him from Hippocrates where it says, Let thy food be thy medicine, and thy medicine be thy food. Amen. That's how it is. <laughs> I only remember that because Donovan always reminds me about that. Let thy food be thy medicine, and thy medicine be thy food, right? So how is that? How is it? Um, you work with a nutritionist, and every time you try to sneak something in, he always looking over your shoulder like, I don't think you're supposed to be eating that. I tend to get the side eye every so often, Mikhail. <laughs> I don't feel. <laughs> so, Akeem, just to, to segue back into the question, another question I have for you is how do we determine a healthy metabolism? Is that anything that we can actually measure? Well, I'll say what I see in my clients, some clients, well, a lot of people who start on journeys. They actually have damaged metabolisms, My meaning it's really slow. So once they actually start to get in the process of repairing, you know, eating properly, um, sleeping, controlling stress, um, watching the types of food they eat, what, hap- what tends to happen is once that gets under control, you can kind of you know, metabolism metabolizes. You get to absorb and metabolize food compounds a whole lot better. So, meaning, if I was to say, I would eat something bad for like two or three days, it wouldn't show up in my records. Meaning, like you know, my BMI changes so suddenly or anything like that because you absorb it and metabolize and everything a lot better, and you keep your body fat percentage down a lot because of our high metabolism and for some reason some people get irritable um they get irritated really quickly when the metabolism high they hungry all the time there's a few signs that you can look for and also you know uh i always wonder is it a sign that my metabolism is improving if I'm going to the restroom more often, meaning I'm defecating or urinating more often. So far as that's numbers, is that, if that is happening to them, um, if they're eating healthy, they're exercising and drinking an excessive amount of water, is that a, a sign that their metabolism is improving? Yes. Yes and no. Um, most times um, it's correlated between the fact that when you eat healthier, you know, your fibers up, you got your roughage in, you go to the bathroom a lot, you're drinking a lot of water, you go to the bathroom a lot. But in most instances, yes. How often? Because I'm embarking on this new wellness journey um, for 2020, and I'm sure that a lot of us, that's when our members are doing the same. 
And um, I'm just trying to figure out during this journey, I want, and I want to stay consistent with it. How often is how often is exercise recommended to maintain a healthy metabolism and body type? Four days out of the week. You want four days instead of three. You know, everybody's like, I'll do one day, skip a day, then I'll do another day. You know, I'll space it out. I'd say you would want to work more throughout the week than often. And is there any um, length of time that these individuals should participate in these exercises when they do? Most programs last at least. The shortest program that I know of that effective would be like 30 minutes. But if you if your heart rate is up, you've got like good cardio going. And again, depending on what's the goal at hand and what you're actually doing, no more than 45 minutes to an hour you don't need to spend a million hours in the gym once you got once, once you get in or whatever it is you're doing you hit it you get your heart rate up you sweat a bit you know challenge your body and get in and get out yeah and, and for our um just members wearing those fitness tracking devices that does measure heart rate what is a good range of heart rate for them to know when they're working out that they should be trying to achieve and maintain generally like around I'd say 87 to like 103, like around now. But I know they vary, and they vary a lot, depending on the person. Is it important for me or any individual who is trying to achieve weight loss, particularly, or, or even just kind of sculpt their muscles? You know, we have some um, gentlemen who are interested in, in weightlifting and, and toning their muscles. They may not be necessarily interested in, in excessive weight loss, but they do want to refine the muscles a bit is it is it appropriate then for them to keep their heart rate or aim for their heart rate to be around the 105 range and then maintain it every time they exercise is that something they should do no for for, for guys and women as well when you actually want to tone muscle and build muscle then there's a contrast it's gonna happen your heart rate is gonna rise but you would want to keep that to as low minimum as possible because when your heart rate is up, you burn calories. When you want to like tone muscles and build muscles, you want to save calories. So that's how that one is. So then for individuals who want to lose weight, they would want their heart rate to be elevated. And then for those yep. who want to tone, they want to keep an average heart rate measurement then, right? Yeah, you wouldn't want it so high when you actually tone it. Um, but like for those who want to shred all this fat off, they want to sweat, that heart rate is going to be high because you're going to be doing like a lot of cardiovascular activities. So for, for some of the individuals who go to the gym with the full face of makeup and not creating any sweat and they want to lose weight, <laughs> and they're not exactly going to see any changes in their body then, right? <laughs> no, that makeup needs to get messed up if you actually do <laughs> <the> makeup. <laughs> yeah. All right, Akeem. Very good answer. Because I, I I'm actually bothering with that as well. So uh, when I first started running, you mentioned a 110. So I'm going to use that as, a, as an example for it right there. My heart rate was at 110, maybe 10 minutes within the run, right? And a week <laughs> later... And a week later, my heart rate actually went down to, for example, 105, same mm -hmm. pace, same time. So with that being said, I wanted just to maintain that heart rate to 110. So I should increase the intensity because I, I, I think my body already adjusted to the environment it's been exposed to, correct? Yeah. Once you start exactly. exercising, and especially at the task at hand, 
Remember when I okay. brought up the thing about being fit and being healthy? Well, when you start to exercise regularly in that same activity, you become more fit in that area. So it's going to be, a, your body is going to adapt and it's going to take less of a burden to actually perform that activity. So in order to get better, you would actually have to increase um, your energy output or your efforts. Based on varying ages of our ZEST members, what is the appropriate form of exercise per body type? Should heavier set individuals do more cardio and then um, leaner individuals do more stretching exercises? Is that appropriate? Well, depending on the goal at hand, again, you know, everybody has different aspirations. So, like a heavy set person, they want to kind of drop off the pounds. They would more likely be doing a whole lot more cardiovascular, you know, aerobics or maybe uh, CrossFit is a good mix. You could do um, spin classes, um, anything that, you know, gets your heart rate going to that extent. And for those who kind of want to actually build muscle, you know, there's gym. And age doesn't really, age doesn't play a total factor in it because depending on that individual, anybody could do anything at their pace as long as they have proper proper guidance, you know, proper instructors. Um, you got people showing you how to do things properly without injuring yourself. Yeah. Okay. So I guess for the ectomorphs, then ectomorphs want to build muscle and want to tone a little bit more. So crossfit and weightlifting, um, toning the muscle is important. For the mesomorphs who are the athletic fit, Stretching is most important because you have a good muscle structure. So yoga, Pilates, those type of things. And then for the endomorph, our round-figured individuals, increasing their heart rate, like you mentioned before, and doing mm -hmm. more cardiovascular exercises like aerobics, running, um, spin bike, or even just a, a casual brisk walk can be yeah. more beneficial for them, right? Yeah. Now, when you said the thing about the... Uh... Uh, um, the mesomorph and stretching, I believe everybody should do stretching. Everybody okay. should stretch. Okay. And I agree with you. Well, Akin, thank you so much for your time today. Um, your information was very enlightening. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to share this information with our SES members. But before we leave and conclude the podcast, can you give everyone an understanding of how they can contact you in case they want more questions? Personal training or nutrition advice? Oh, okay. Um, you can always find my handle on Instagram. You can my Instagram is Trayvon. So type in T R E V O N and Trizzy. That's the nickname that I have. T R I Z Z Y Trayvon Trizzy. And you can find my Facebook at Cam Hepburn. My uh my phone number, my telephone number is four four three. Six eight nine four, or you could just go to the YMCA, and you can you can go to the YMCA between like any hours. You can actually my cars are there, or you can go to CrossFit World two four two, and I'm up there on Fridays and Saturdays as well. Okay, and for those not in the Bahamas, the area code for the number is two four two. Okay, okay, and thank you again, and I hope that you enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Uh, your day and for our listeners we hope that you guys enjoyed this podcast 
And we hope that you tune in for our next series, which will be most enlightening as well. And that was another wonderful podcast episode from our Bahamas Wellness team members, Donovan and Naval, and our guests, Akeem. If you want to take advantage of listening to this episode and earning 500 bonus points for the Zest Wellness platform, visit our website, zestwellnesscgi.com. Look for the podcast tab. And the code for this podcast is Kiwi. We repeat the code for this podcast, your award for listening, gaining 500 bonus points for the Zest Wellness platform. The code word is Kiwi.